Have you ever been in a situation where you felt not just helpless, but hopeless? And not just that, but have you ever been in a situation where you felt like the one person who has the power to change everything is choosing not to and it seems like they don't care about what you're going through or what you feel. And have these feelings ever been directed towards God? Um, this is a like random episode. <laughs> I don't know how long this is going to be and I don't know who needs to hear this, but I just want to talk about this today. The hopelessness of life. <clears throat> the hopelessness of life and how it can just catch us off guard. And especially for us as Christians, uh, not necessarily how to deal with hopelessness because we live in a time when there's a solution to everything. Um, and no one really takes the time to talk about what it feels like to go through these things, what it feels like to go through depression, what it feels like to go through anxiety, what it feels like to go through, you know, um, despair, loss. We're always talking about, you know, getting through it, you know, that, that feeling afterwards or looking back and seeing God's hand through it. But I think we need to address the loneliness, the pain, and for today, the hopelessness of being in a situation where you are so deprived of the one thing that you are sure you're supposed to be enjoying in abundance in Christ, but somehow it feels feels like feels like it's not there and not just that it's not there it feels like he has taken it away it feels like god has the power to give hope and has the ability to encourage us but he chooses not to at every turn and even on the days when you feel like this is you know this is my break this is the one day this is this is the one thing that i know will actually inject some hope in me. He just rips it away. And I found myself in this situation a few times uh, throughout my life. Um, and yes, I can sit here and tell you, yeah, looking back, I see the hand of God in it, but that was not the case when I was going through it. That was not the case when I was in the valley. Uh, to talk in Christianese, that was not the, it was not my experience. And at a point, and even to this day, I worry that the situations of hopelessness that I have gone through have tore into me so badly that I will never recover and actually get to say, or actually get to be a functional Christian. It's a fear that I have. 
that God has allowed me to be so broken and not just broken, but so hopeless in my brokenness that even when things go well, even when I see his hand through it, apathy, pessimism, and doubt are who I have become. I get to a place where I tell myself, even even if he does answer my prayers, and this is a conversation I've had with some friends where, you know, um, it's kind of been that, you know, even if God came to answer all my prayers and gave me, you know, like the Bible says, abundantly above and beyond, I still would not be okay because of the pain that he has allowed me to endure, go through, and because I just did not feel his hand. And I use these words, you know, feelings, um, particularly and strategically, because your feelings are valid. They're not primary, but they are very valid. And what you feel dictates your reaction a lot of the time especially in a low situation when you're in the muck, when you're in the dirt, when you're down. Feelings play a huge part in kind of directing our gaze. And yes, as mature Christians, we're supposed to be over or to, to, to kind of um, be in control of our feelings and our emotions. But again, we're not perfect. We lack in this self-control most of the time, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit. But even with the Holy Spirit, we do not operate perfectly as Christians. And this doubt, it creeps in, even to the best of us. This fear of the unknown, this kind of um, pain that is just so, so intense. A pain that is that is unexplainable. You know, it, it, it would be better if I was stabbed. It would be better if I bled. It would be better if I cut myself. It would be better if I took pills because I can quantify that pain. But this pain I feel is coming from an emptiness and abandonment that, that I just did not think I would be going through as a Christian. It is a pain that that is numbingly hurtful because I look at the things that I have had to sacrifice to get to where I am and the person that I sacrificed it for seems to be sitting on his throne unbothered by my pain. And I say it's my pain because Sometimes I feel like he does not feel it. That he has been eternal for so long that he has forgotten what it is to be human. And sometimes I feel that even Jesus is having to tell the Father, yet, yeah, like, yo, please remember, remember, your, rem remember your humanity. This is what I feel. Is it the truth? No, it's not. <laughs> But that's the funny thing about feelings. They speak, they speak a kind of truth because we cannot negate the emptiness that we feel when we feel abandoned, especially as Christians. 
we cannot negate the the pain that is very present that we cannot hide behind any christianese languages and greetings and amens and i'm doing fine and praise god it cannot be hidden it sh- it shows it shows it shows in every moment that you are by yourself with your own thoughts it shows every night when you go to bed and there's that weird time before you actually fall asleep between you know your bed your your head hitting the pillow and falling asleep there's that time when there's just a lot of thoughts and it's not really overthinking it's just thinking it's just wondering does this ever end is this my life am i entitled to a break Am I ever going to get to a place where I can say God you are good and not have a part of me cringe or just deny Am I ever going to get to a place where I can say God thank you and mean it from the bottom of my heart and not just saying thank you because the bible says we must be thankful and we must rejoice am i ever going to get out of this valley am i ever going to get out of this valley god and if you're listening you say you're with me and i know you are that's the truth of your word but why don't i feel you why can't i see you why why is it becoming increasingly difficult to follow when everything in me wants to follow and this verses of encouragement that we could read and these are good they're really good but what happens when i when i finally put my bible down and i'm faced by the harsh reality that the pain is still present and that you are there but you're not there what do i do with that god who do i take it to because i know better than to take it to the world but you know what sometimes the world seems like a good option so we often relapse into bad habits um wrong company um evil morals you know and sometimes it's not even that extreme sometimes it's just a relapse into chilling into just existing into just being alive just being present because when we come to god it's hard and not hard because we're christians but hard because man god i'm going through so much pain where are you where are you And like I said earlier like we know better than to go back to the world but we've also seen seen a side of God that to us to me it felt like he was an abusive father where I know that there's nowhere I'll go and I know that he is the provider but staying with him causes me not just the pain that I can quantify like I said earlier this pain that I cannot quantify this numbing disturbing pain 
because it comes with so much confusion because this does not match the father that I see in the word. And the thing about this pain is if we're not careful, it turns on us and convinces us that we are the problem. Because we know that undisputably God is good. And if things are not going good for such a long time to the point where we have good times and bad days and not bad times and good days, then we must be the problem. And that pain, it numbs us so much and turns our head to this quote-unquote realization that maybe we are the problem. Maybe I'm not seeking God how I ought to. Maybe I'm missing something. And that leads us down this spiral of trying to keep it together. A spiral of telling ourselves that we're okay. A spiral of just doing the most, not to, tell, not to convince others or to tell them that we're okay, but because we need to tell it to ourselves. Because if we don't tell it to ourselves on those instances where it's just us and our thoughts, the worst things come into mind and the worst, the worst quote-unquote truths come into mind that I am nothing, I am a fraud, I am a hypocrite, and everything that I stand for is on shaky ground and even God does not want me. And the world does not want me, so where do I go? It's painful. Hope that we have is ripped from us by some entity. And I can't think of anyone more powerful than God. So yes, it feels like an abusive relationship. Feels like day after day I am beaten and battered by God and he brings some hope and then he rips it right away. I remember I was I was sitting, you know, in in my living room this one time and I just received some really good news that I'd been waiting for a long time. And as soon as I began to feel that, okay, maybe, maybe this is different. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's something here. Maybe, maybe my hope is being reignited. And again, sometimes it gets to a point where what we believe, we just want it backed up by a reality. And, you know, it's, it's not bad to ask God these things. It's not bad to come to God and say, God, I believe in these things, but can I have a tangible, can I have some tangible proof? We see it in the Bible time and time again. And again, it's not owed to us, but when we ask for these things, it isn't, I mean, we both know that it's not, I mean, we, we all know that it's not from a place of malice. It's from a place of desperation. And we see it in the Bible, individuals who are at a place of desperation, they asked and God answered. So we just come to him as children, as his children, and say, God, I see this, I, I see this, I see this happening, and I, I see this not happening. Can I have some tangible evidence? And, and so I was, I was sitting in my living room, and I have received this tangible evidence, and I am in awe. I am thanking God for all that he has done. And in the span of five minutes, 
a single phone call changes everything. And I remember um, my curtains were drawn and I was just staring outside, looking into the sky. It was late in the evening, so the sun was setting. And I was just looking at the sky and thinking, you know, visualizing God sitting on his throne, looking right at me, unbothered by the fact that he has allowed this hope to just be reignited and then be put out almost instantly. And the state of my heart in that moment was despair. And I I didn't have any reaction. I just I just looked directly at the setting sun, visualizing the kingdom of God and him sitting on that throne in unapproachable light and just looking directly at me and just not even blinking, not even batting an eye, just looking at me like this, this is, this is your life. Disappointment is your life. And it tore me in places and in ways that I never thought I could ever be torn. I went on my knees, not in prayer, but in defeat. Because I was, I was just telling God, you've won. I don't know what it is that your game was. I don't know why this was necessary, but you've won. You have won. And I couldn't even say I'm sorry. I couldn't even, I couldn't say anything except you've won. And it would just, it tore me apart. And I've had conversations with my friends where they've gone through something similar and even worse, where they just, they've just been brought to their knees in utter defeat in a battle that they didn't even know they were fighting. And it takes me back to what I said earlier where I find myself telling God now that even if you came and answered all my prayers and you gave me everything that I ever needed and exceeded that in every single way possible, will I ever truly be hopeful? Will I ever truly survive on this earth and be a light or will I turn into a grumpy Christian who believes in the wrath of God and believes in his goodness and believes in his kindness and his mercy and all that's in between but does not believe that for themselves? Will I ever look up to the sky and see a God who is smiling down on me or will I forever look up to the sky and see a God that is unbothered by my little issues and that is a God that is working on a grand scheme that is so much bigger than who I am that I cannot even begin to comprehend so he does not even bother to tell me about it. Is this my life, God? And to be honest, I'm not at a place where I can answer that yet. Because every day, that realization haunts me. Every single day. A realization that 
my father hates me. My father is breaking me beyond my breaking point. My father is so concerned with the vision of the future that he does not care about his present available struggling paining angry depressed suicidal addicted son and daughter he just does not care that is a thought that i have to fight every single day and it is a battle that is overwhelming because even when the good things happen something bad follows right after and i i am at a place where i don't even know if i can call it something bad or just something unfortunate because i am constantly hopeless wanting hope but every time it's given to me i just i i just i just sh- i just shy away from it because every time i stretch out my hand to grab it this rod just slaps my hand away and that opportunity is gone and it's very it's very interesting because this space is supposed supposedly and you know if i'm being honest it the following statement is true this space is where we grow this space is where we develop this space is where we are tested and our endurance creates something amazing and this is the part where everyone always skips to where you know the promises are where there's faith there's righteousness there is good reward where there's all these things but no one talks about the middle and that part just before that that part where it's 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 the darkest just before the dawn that darkness that part no one really talks about that anymore and it kills me every single day to see my friends go through it to wake up and go through it to see to hear stories of people i don't even know that have gone through it and then to go back into the word and see god's response and i just wonder i wonder god you love us so much but this life is overwhelming this this life is overwhelming how do we survive how how do we get to a place where we can say you're good and mean it will i be okay will we be okay will we get into eternity so broken that even heaven can't fix us or is it going to take as giving up our will entirely and who we are and who you have made us to be so that we can be fixed and if that's the case will i ever truly be myself 
that question has really bugged me. Really has. And I'm sure it has for a lot of people. And if it hasn't for you, man, God, God bless you. But I don't think a lot of mature Christians have not gone through this phase because it is a crushing phase. It is a crushing phase that, that, that destroys us. It destroys us. And the images that, that are projected into our minds of a loveless God, of a tyrannical God, of, a, of this kind of God that just looks at the big picture. I know it's a lie and I want to tell you it's a lie, but sometimes it feels so real. It feels so real. It feels logical. It feels so logical because it just makes sense that this is who God is because nothing else does. Nothing. And that sucks so much. So much. So like I said, I don't know um, the answer to any question I've asked or any predicament that I found myself in in this whole time you've been listening to me. And this might be your reality. This might be someone else's reality that you know and you're just feeling helpless on their behalf because you just, you just don't know what to do, what to say. Or maybe for you, you just don't know what to do, what to say outside of, outside of, well, other than destroying ourselves, destroying our bodies, going into destructive habits. Like I mentioned, we just don't know what else to do or just giving in and giving up. We don't know what to do. The days, they drag along and we distract ourselves with so many things, but that one minute of downtime, it all comes flooding back. And we just don't know what to think because we're too afraid of telling God that he is evil. We're too afraid of cussing at God because I don't want to get struck I don't want to miss out on a blessing. I don't want to do, I don't want to miss out on ABC. I don't want one, two, three. I am scared of my father because he has left me in a place of despair, hopelessness. And yet he calls me his son, he calls me his daughter. So why am I going through this, God? And what is the solution? Now I can, I can end by saying this. Jesus says that, you know, the, the Bible says this about Jesus, that he has gone through and empathizes with us. That he understands what it is to be human. And he understands what it is to be God. 
So he is the bridge between my suffering, your suffering, our suffering, and restoration in God that is found in him through the power of the Holy Spirit that is living within us. So with every single thing that I've said, it still stands true that it sucks. But if we're going to hold on to something, and this is what I want you to do, if you find yourself in this situation, this is what I've done, this is what I am continuing to do, is to hold on to hope, even when it's taken away from you. Cling on to it because the God who is sitting on the throne has not allowed your hope to be taken away from you. It might seem like it, it might look like it, and all evidence might point, may point to your hope being gone, but it is not gone. It is not gone. Hold on to it. It may look like a straw. It may look like a string, and you may be in the deepest ocean, or you may be going through the, the most turbulent time in your life, or you may be going through the rapids and the strongest current. It may look like a weak feeble string but grab onto it because it has the strength to sustain it has the strength to sustain and this is not a truth that is lived this is truth that is objective so listen to me whoever you are wherever situation you find yourself in do not allow your hope to be taken away from you Do not allow your hand to slip away from the God who holds the entire universe. Because if he has allowed you to be in the situation that you are in, however painful it is, all the things that we have spoken of which are valid, they still, at the end of the day, are false compared to the objective truth that God is good, he cares for us. Christ died for us and he knows our pain and the Holy Spirit is living strong within us. Even on your worst day, remember that. Even on the days that you cannot pray, remember that. Even on the days that you cannot read your Bible, remember that. Even on the days that you cannot get up and get out from bed, remember that. Remember that. Remember that. He loves you and he loves me. He loves every single one of us. And the brokenness of this world will not deter him from being who he says he is and from loving us the way that he has said he does. And I believe that one day he will prove me wrong. He will guide my thoughts back to the time when I was convinced that I am too broken and he will show me the restoration that he has given me. And on that day, I will get on my knees, not in defeat, but in a glad surrender and honest thanksgiving. But until that day, my brother, until that day, my sister, until that day, son and daughter of Christ, until that day, my friend, please, please, please hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. 
We should not let our hearts grow sick. Hold on to hope because he is with you. He cares for you and he loves you so, so much. <laughs>